Family, it's Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P, on the pod. I'm hoping you are having a great week. And I know you're having a great Thursday. And if you're not, I'm going to pray for you. Because it is just a good day to give the Lord some praise. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Family, you know, we are talking about mental health all month long. And today's episode marks the third episode in our four-part series on mental health, sponsored by Janssen Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated. I hope you have gained a lot of knowledge and insight on mental health during this series. So I hope you got your pens and your paper, your paper and your pencil out because we got some good stuff for you again today. Now let's recap. In week one, we focused on talking with loved ones about mental health from both the patient and the caregiver's perspective. And then last week, we discussed how faith and spirituality, along with the help of healthcare providers, including doctors, are important for adults living with a mental health condition. So guess what? Sister Rose, Sister Rose Brown from the Mental Health Association of Essex and Morris is back with us today on the pod. Yes, yes, yes. Our sister is back with us today, and she is ready to share more important information about mental health in communities of color. Both Rose and I have received an honorary from Janssen Pharmaceuticals, Inc. for this four-part series. So, you know, Rose, we spent the first two weeks. Rose, Rose, Rose. I am here. We spent the first two weeks discussing living with mental health conditions and general health conditions that may be more common than our listeners might think, you know. Mental health is serious. This is not a, you know, unique thing. It is a common illness with all the trauma we go through. Are you kidding me? So today, I thought we would begin our discussion by focusing on serious mental health conditions that may be more common than our listeners might think. Specifically, I'd like to discuss schizophrenia and how it affects men and women in our community. Sister Rose, come on, let's get to it. Yes, Dr. P, I'm so happy that we're talking about this topic. First, as a reminder from week one, serious mental health conditions are a smaller and more serious subset of mental disorder. There are many different types, really, of serious mental health conditions, including schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is a complex brain disorder that usually develops in early adulthood through the early 30s. For us, Dr. P, the symptoms can be managed if taken care of properly. And um, there's treatment out there for schizophrenia. So people with schizophrenia could live productive life in the community if they're on a treatment regimen. Schizophrenia, it really affects a lot of people. There are approximately about 2.4 million American adults living with schizophrenia and can interrupt every element of one's life. So think about this, Dr. P. Someone suffering from that disorder, such as schizophrenia, their life is impacted. You know, their daily activities disrupted 
And for the clients that I've seen over the years, you have lawyers, you have doctors, you have many folks that are living in the community with schizophrenia and they're able to manage successful life because they're in treatment. And so it's more that we need to provide education really to our community and our brothers and sisters to educate them about the illness and how to get treatment. Rose, you know, thank you for that background. It's really, really, really important for the continuity of our four-part series. So explain to us the symptoms of schizophrenia, because, you know, we are, that word schizophrenia, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a pow- so powerful word for us that we just, you know, we have so much, we have stigma around it. It's a word Absolutely. that brings fear to us. So let explain the symptoms of schizophrenia. So schizophrenia, Dr. P, is when one perceives the world differently than most of us do. Um, they may lose touch with reality and have symptoms that include hallucinations, delusions, unusual ways of thinking. Some of our people that are suffering from schizophrenia, they experience a disruption to normal emotions and behaviors in their lives. So think about that. You know, we take things for granted day by day, just walking around, going about our business. But someone that's suffering from schizophrenia, it's really tough to function on a daily basis, you know? And um, when someone's normal routine for a day is disruptive, it's really tough for those individuals. You and I, we don't have to think about our routine. We get up in the morning, right? You take a shower, you brush your teeth. Those are just things that come naturally to us. Um, People that are suffering with schizophrenia, it's hard for them to keep that routine. So you might have daily reminder, you know, a checklist to say, okay, you know, when you get up, you need to do this and that and the other. And so it's really tough for those individuals and try to imagine yourself being in the mind or in the situation where you have schizophrenia and you have to think about those small little details in your life of daily living. It's really tough. And I'm really here to really try to provide some more, you know, education to our people to make sure that they're really seeking the help that's out there and going to get treatment because it's available. And we'll talk later on and how we can access some of those treatment um, for individuals who need it. So Rose, you know, I think that there's a lot of misconception about there. Uh, out there about schizophrenia, um, and you know, as you were going down the list, saying, you know, you need a checklist. Lord knows, I feel like I need a checklist most days. You know, what should I when I get out the bed? I have so much to do. What should I do now? But um, I don't have schizophrenia, so I can just imagine, just with my my busy, busy, busy uh, life and world, just what people with schizophrenia really uh, having to. Um, deal with in their in their daily lives. But you know, there's a lot of misconception out there. And um and now that we understand it a little bit better from what you've shared with us, what should people do if they or their loved one is experiencing these symptoms? If you think you or a loved one is experiencing symptoms, talk to a healthcare provider and find a screening tool to help you. In one survey by Mental Health America, African-Americans were more likely than 
other minority group to talk to mental health professional or their primary care doctor following a mental health screening. Understanding the symptoms, understanding how recurrent episode or relapse can occur. An episode is defined as a relapse or worsening of a symptom. So in the onset of an illness, you might find that someone experiencing some symptoms, they don't know what it is. But what needs to really happen is that when these folks are experiencing these symptoms, that's the best time to really get them into treatment because we find that when you get someone into treatment earlier, that their outcomes are really, really increase greatly. So um, for us, we really need to pay attention to making sure that we educate our brothers and sisters in really trying to not only pay attention to the symptoms, but also trying to seek help. I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to go get help, um, whether it's the stigma that attach to mental illness or you know, the lack of means, you know, for us to go to a professional to get help. But help is out there. And um, I really want to reach out to my community to make sure that our brother and sisters are able to access the care and also to learn what to look for when someone is really experiencing that mental health um, symptoms and, and how to not only reach out to help them, but also learning educating yourself on what those symptoms look like in order to help that individual. Now, sometimes we might find that we find professionals and we can go to treatment, but also we have to find the right provider, you know, people that can talk to you about your different options and that it's not a cookie cutter, you know, not one thing fits everyone. So it's sometimes it's like a trial and error and you have to find the best plan that's going to work for that individual as a professional. That's what we do. So that treatment plan really is individualized to meet the needs of that one person. So we're not looking to say, okay, if you have schizophrenia, everyone gets this treatment. It's really based on that person's need, that individual need, how we're going to be able to treat that individual. And also there's also risk uh, and benefits in treatment. So you need to talk to your healthcare provider about benefits and risks of different treatment options. I know that in our community, there's a lot of mistrust. And when the folks go to the doctor, they don't like to speak up. And um, that's something we're always working on to empower our people to speak up. The doctor is there to serve you and not the other way around. So if there's something going on, you don't feel right on what treatment you're getting, or if you don't feel good, if it's not working, you have to communicate that with your healthcare provider so that they could make changes to that treatment regimen for that individual. You know, there is treatment and there's hope. There is treatment and there is hope. So family, talk to your healthcare provider about treatment options. So important. Talk to your healthcare provider about treatment options such as oral or long-acting injectable medication. Okay? Don't hold on to that now. Write that down because I know you got your paper and your pencil. Talk to your healthcare provider about treatment options such as oral or long-acting injectable medication. Important. All medications have benefits and risk. You know that. 
all medications have benefits and risks. So, family, so be sure to speak with a healthcare provider to learn about all, 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 everybody say all the treatment options available to you. All speak to your healthcare provider to learn about what? All the treatment options available to you. Where can people find more information about these diseases and treatment options, Rose? Where can they find more information? Dr. P, there's a lot of information that's out there. But if your loved one is in crisis, definitely you're going to call 911 as soon as possible. If you or a loved one needs someone to talk to, there's a confidential support available 24-7 for everyone in the United States by calling 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Also, there's a lot of support groups, Choices in Recovery, which is a website with helpful resources for people with living with schizophrenia, caregivers, and treatment team members. For our partner in the series, Jensen Pharmaceutical Incorporation. Okay, family, in week one, we talked about the importance of communication when you or a loved one lives with a mental health condition. What can we do to address some of the mental health stigmas felt by the African-American community, Rose? What can we do? Because we know that stigma, oh my God, stigma is horrendous. What can we do about stigma? Well, Dr. P, I think it's... They always say charity starts at home, right? And so for me, I think we need to normalize the conversation around mental health conditions. Speak openly about symptoms you or your loved one might be experiencing, really. Speak up. You know, you and I, we're advocates and, you know, we're in the community. We have to speak up about stigma. This is not something that's you know, foreign, where we're going to be sweeping things under the rug. This is, mental health is real, you know, mental health illness and and disorders, it's a real thing. And we should be able to discuss it freely, not only within our homes, but in our community, whether it's at the churches or, you know, community providers already talk about it because that's the work that we do. You know, we we promote health and, and, and mental health. And so we talk about that all the time, but the broader community uh, and society really need to deal with mental health and mental health disorder. And not just when it's something on the news, but that's in the community. We need to really talk about it, speak up and try to educate the community on finding appropriate treatment options for supportive therapy, counseling, or, you know, cultural relevance information. So we're talking about you know, the Black community and how they can really address mental health in that community and seek help and seek treatment. And for us, culturally, it's relevant for us to really go deep into the community. And it starts really, you know, in the in the houses of worship. That's where I believe it starts because most of our folks really most of our folks do go to church and, and so forth, and they need to be able to be free to discuss that. So someone shouldn't be afraid or feel stigmatized if they're feeling some mental health symptoms. They should be freely going to someone and say, I'm feeling this way, you know, and I need help. And we 
as a community should be receptive to those individuals and trying to point them to the right direction in, in seeking help. And, you know, I'm really tired of the stigma. You know, it's been too much. It's been too much. And I think we've come a long way, but we still have a lot of work to do in addressing stigma. We need to stamp stigma out of our thoughts and also to really work with these individuals because people are already suffering. And through that suffering, we should be able to lift these people out of their suffering. What do you think, Dr. P? I say amen, Rose. I say amen. We have got to stamp out stigma yeah. of all kinds, of all kinds. Uh, and we have so much stigma that we live with. The burden of stigma is so horrendous on our lives. And it is just a, you know, it's just burden, burdensome, as my grandma would say, burdensome. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to uh, mental health, um, as it is with all types of uh, stigma. And we don't want to go into all types of stigmas because we'll be here all day. Okay. Sister Rose, my sister from Jamaica, my yes, sister yes. from Jamaica, thank you so much for being again on the pod today with me. And I want to thank Jansen Pharmaceuticals, which has sponsored this important podcast series. Jansen has been with us all month long and we want to thank them for their sponsorship. It is a great partnership with Jansen Pharmaceutical Company and we are just grateful and honored for that partnership. Okay, okay, Rose. So let's talk about another serious mental health condition to which our adult community is not immune Major depressive disorder, mm. major depressive disorder or MDD. Now, as a reminder, this episode is sponsored by Jansen Pharmaceuticals, and both Rose and I have received the honorarium for our time. Obviously, we've heard of depression, but can you tell us more about MDD, Rose? Absolutely, Dr. P. So MDD, otherwise known as major depressive disorder, is one of the most common and prevalent and disabling mental health disorder in the United States and characterized by at least one discrete depressive episode that it lasts really about two weeks. Symptoms caused by major depression can vary from person to person and may include depressed mood and loss of interest or pleasure. Treatment may require trying, you know, numerous approaches, but study acknowledge that African-Americans who are diagnosed with MDD tend to experience more chronic symptoms compared to the Caucasian-Americans and seek treatment less frequently, even when these symptoms are severe. So see what I'm talking about, Dr. P.? Even though it's more severe, they, they seek less treatment than their counterparts. Hmm. Really? Yes. Mm. Say that again now. Studies acknowledge that African-Americans who are diagnosed with um, depression tend to experience more chronic symptoms compared to white folks and seek treatment less frequently, even Absolutely. when these symptoms are severe. Absolutely. Lord have mercy. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Mm. Okay. So what are some important facts you can share with us about MDD? So Dr. Peel, 
It's really important to know that clinical depression is not a personal weakness and it can affect anyone. Just like any other serious health condition, speaking with your loved ones along with healthcare provider is a critical step in really managing MDD. Understanding that it's a condition that needs to be actively managed. So you can't just stay at home. Oh, I'm feeling the blues. This is real and you need treatment. Accept that there may not be one solution to manage that treatment. That's why I said earlier, you know, sometimes it's a trial and error. You have to see which treatment is going to be best for you. What are the treatment options available for adults with MDD? Your doctor may recommend different treatments option depending on your symptoms. So it depends what's going on with that individual and what the symptomologies are, including medication, psychotherapy, life changes, or alternate approaches may work. But first, you need to talk with your doctor to discuss which plan may be best for you. Well, this process... Rose, this process can be long and may be overwhelming for people trying to find the right treatment plan. You know, the process, long, two words that go side by side, process and long. What advice do you have? Well, that's right, Dr. P. An individual's journey to find the right treatment may be long and tedious. When it comes to medication, your healthcare provider may decide to give you current medications more time, increase your dosage, switch medication, or add medications. Psychological counseling, otherwise psychotherapy, by a psychiatrist, psychologist, or other mental health professional may help to manage symptoms and identify underlying concerns that may be heading to your depression. So many times this is combined with medication through psychotherapy you may be able to find ways to deal with your personal challenges. You should not settle for a treatment plan that isn't working for you. Treatment option exists, so it is possible to find what works for you. Just know it may take some time, so we have to be patient. Um, it's not a quick fix, and so sometimes we, we have symptoms and the clients just you know want to make sure that It's done, you know, I want to be fixed right away, but it takes a while to get the right treatment regimen in. And when that's, when you're lucky, you get a good treatment plan in place, you know, there will be success on the other side. Great outcomes for those individuals. So if someone feels that the treatment they or a loved one is taking isn't working, what should they do? First, uh, I touched on it before, you got to talk to the treatment providers. So you go to your primary care doctor, you have to explain what kind of symptoms you're experiencing so they know that the medication or the therapy isn't working. So you need to explain to them when you go to your doctor, they ask, you know, how are you feeling? You have to say, well, I'm still having this symptoms, I'm feeling this way, so that they can make adjustment. You know, it's not the doctor doesn't have all the answers. You as a patient is informed and you need to be able to use your voice in order to give the information to the doctor so that they make, you know, informed decision to make sure that they have the right treatment regimen for you. Sister Rose, my sister from Jamaica, 
My yes, sister yes. from Jamaica, thank you so much for being again on the pod today with me. This is uh, our third week of talking about mental health and family. You know, you know, we're going to be talking about mental health all month long. Now, I know some of you are ready to jump out. This is you are saying, oh, my God, Dr. P, come on. Can we talk about something else? No. We cannot talk about anything else in the month of July because this is Minority Mental Health Month, and mental health is a serious crisis in the African-American community, and we must stay steadfast on this topic. So I want you to, you're doing good. Thank you for, thank you for staying with me. Thank you for staying with me, and I know you're going to show up you're going to show up again next week because next week we're going to be our last week. We're going to be talking about mental health just one more time next week. So, hey, when it's Thursday, you know where you got to be. I want to thank Janssen Pharmaceuticals, which has sponsored this important podcast series. Janssen has been with us all month long, and we want to thank them for their sponsorship. It is a great partnership with Janssen Pharmaceutical Company, and we are just grateful and honored for that partnership. And remember now, don't forget, if you or a loved one is in crisis, what? Call what? Call 911. Call 911 as soon as possible. If you or a loved one needs someone to talk to, there is confidential support available 24-7, 365 days a year for everyone in the United States. You got a pencil? I'm going to give you the number. I'm going to give you the number. The number is 1-800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Mm-hmm. If you think somebody is going to commit suicide, or if you are thinking about taking your life, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, Lord, don't do it. Call somebody. Family, I don't have nothing but love for you. I got you. See you. I'm out. I want to live